0: Welcome to today's episode of the Hive With Us podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Anthony Gellina, who is going to come speak with us as well, and uh, Mr. Dr. Lance Knob. What part of the country are you calling from, Dr. Lance? I am just outside of Philadelphia in Medford, New Jersey, Jersey. not Jersey. Okay. Uh, one thing that I love about the technology space and even the podcasting in general is it gives you an opportunity to talk to specialists around the world. New Jersey is, is a long ways away. i only been to New Jersey once, so it's kind of cool having conversations and having intellectual conversations. One of one things that I want to talk about early is, um, I read your background and how you started your medical practice. Can we briefly start like how you kind of ended up here uh, and when you started your journey as far as uh, becoming a doctor and that whole starting your medical practice and all that stuff? Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. So excited to talk to you guys. You guys are impressive. Love the real estate software combination and everything you guys are doing. Yeah. As far as when started my entrepreneurial journey, you know, my wife and I are both physical therapists. We were one year apart in our school. We actually met in Aberdeen, Scotland. Lived and studied abroad. One of the best things I did. Just totally opened my mind, the world, and got to see so much. Highly recommend it. Started working for a couple years. Didn't think I had an entrepreneurial bone in my body. You know, just wanted to really. Master my craft, and I did that. And I took every continuing ed, and you know, ed, ed opportunity. Got certified, and everything became a board certified orthopedic specialist. Got my doctorate in physical therapy. Was really just you know working hard and just loving it all. And then I started to realize that. I thought things could be better. There could be a better way that physical therapy and fitness could be uniquely brought together and combined. And if you were to look through the client, the customer's best interest, started to do some research, started to read, started to study. A colleague of mine knew that I was you know, headed in this direction and he introduced me to someone who had a boutique fitness center who had a small space. And this gentleman actually wanted me to buy the fitness center called EverFit in Medford, New Jersey. I just wasn't ready for that. My wife and I weren't ready for that. So we ended up subletting 300 square feet the size of an average American bedroom. We didn't have any windows in this room. We didn't have any outside signage. You know, we were so frugal, I mentioned to you, I really love Profit First and, you know, trying to uh, get established before, you know, stay profitable and have healthy profit. So we actually didn't have a copy or we walked next door to the Murphy's grocery store and made 10 cent copies for the first couple of months. But we, by serving these fitness clients and, and over delivering for all of our clients, we started to get traction and then we ended up buying the fitness center within about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I'll give you the rest of the story just quickly we could dive into anything and everything. I really studied partnerships. I wanted there to be a win-win for our best people. And those opportunities didn't exist in the physical therapy industry very hardly at all. I created this partnership track. And really, even in addition to our physical therapist, I tried to create uh, incentive opportunities and really have our, our performance-based, you know, models so that we were recognizing everybody on the team they knew what success looked like and um you know one of our partners probably in like 2014 at a development plan meeting i said well you know what are your short and long-term goals and they said well i want to be the ceo And i said whoa what about what am i going to do is what i thought i took a deep breath and uh, realized that this could be a great opportunity so we continued to map out a development plan and then in 2018 it came to fruition i literally handed off the ceo ad of our first child, right? Of a five location practice that was all of our savings. And, you know, we had done some 401k and traditional investing, but really this was the, the great mass of our life savings and our life work and hand that off and try to figure out what the hell I was going to do next, talk to a franchise broker, realized I was too uh, entrepreneurial for that and decided I wanted to help other entrepreneurs and pay it all forward. So I put it all into a book called The 4% Breakthrough, all the painful, hard-earned lessons I learned being an operator for 13 years, gone from zero to $3.4 million company. And that's where my focus has been, just really helping other entrepreneurs stay healthy while they're scaling their businesses.
2: Man, I I love it, man. I love everything behind it in the story, you know, starting from the beginning, profit first. It's kind of realigned with all those same, I guess, uh, I don't even know what they are, their ideas. (laughs) I love it. Um, so anybody that's building or has built any company at any level of success, you know, we know that that could take a serious toll on your body. So I love the model that you're pursuing is how to take somebody from start to finish, not only in business, right. And in finance, but also in health. So I think that's what would differentiate you from a lot of people that are in our space. Um, so can we kind of talk about that a little bit? Like you have a guy like myself and Daniel, we're working really hard trying to, you know, see what the bigger picture is and the, automatically you put little time aside for yourself and for your own personal health, right? And, and now we've been working on that with for the last year, Daniel and myself. But where does somebody start? If they don't know where to begin. You know, they've never, never been in, the, really been in a gym, never been into bodybuilding or, or cal- counting calories or food partitioning. What's a good uh, starting point for somebody? And can you talk a little bit about the progression of, of how that would work?
0: This show is sponsored by Hivemind CRM.
1: a story for that as well and, and really explain why it is my passion. In 2011, we had three offices, about 30 employees, and we just had our third child. So we had three children under the age of four. I was working 80 plus hours a week, not sleeping much, not exercising much, even though I'm a physical therapist, personal trainer, and that was our business, just generally abusing my body. And my body finally had enough and revolted. And my digestive system, my GI system, finally, not finally, but it shut down and I couldn't eat and had I had, you know, either to run to the bathroom or I was in the bathroom all the time. Right. So I had to eat some, you know, bananas and somebody luckily recommended just a friend, not a nutrition expert, but to try the brat diet. And that calmed my digestive system down and I was able to at least get some nutrition. And I had to go undergo an endoscopy and, and studies to rule out cancer, celiac, Crohn's. It was it was pretty it was pretty bad. And I was rendered helpless and I was wearing all the hats. Right. And I was treating 12 hours a day and a 30 person, three hours company. So to be, you know, stopped in your tracks, it was pretty tough on me and the business. So to answer your question on how to approach that, fortunately, you know, I figured out how to power through that. And this is the exact process that I, I eventually became the four percent breakthrough, of my book. So to me, it's three steps: personal development, personal and professional development, and then it's business fundamentals. Secondly, and lastly, it's it's lifestyle. And every, in my book, every chapter is a step in the process. So the lifestyle steps are mental health, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and posture. And then I'd probably add post book, I would add like humor and play as just things to stay healthy. (laughs) <laughs> so at the beginning, you know, it's like a Jim Rohn quote, right? People rarely succeed beyond their level of development. So that's why I stepped on in that personal professional development. And my book process is just like slicing it from a few different ways, right? Figuring out your, your, your purpose, that existential thing, and, and just really asking some tough questions. And then business fundamentals, right? This is what I'm working on with my coaching consulting. And you guys probably with this, you know, have a structure, have an org organization, have some type of framework. Have position descriptions so everybody knows what the heck they are doing specifically every single day. Um, have your processes or systems, whatever you like to call them. Have a, a marketing plan. Have a game plan. Have a strategy. And then lastly, just you know, do some skills gap assessment. Know what you have on your team and what what roles and gaps you don't have, so you can keep working to try to replace them. That. So that's exactly what I would recommend, Anthony. It's a fantastic question. You know, really think introspectively, decide what's important to you, start to weave in the fundamentals and then integrate all these lifestyle things because so often entrepreneurs make extreme sacrifices just like I did. And if you lose your health, right? what do you have at the end of it? That's kind of sort of a high level, like how I, I put that exact process to serve entrepreneurs together.
0: Well, one thing I want to ask, and this is more of like passing on responsibilities. One thing that's I think I'm sure was scary is you, you built this business for 13 years and then handed the reins to somebody else. Do you still have, like, are you on the board and still have like board meetings and he kind of handles day to day? What does that look like as far as handing the, handing the CEO reins over to some, uh, not necessarily a stranger, but somebody... New and you brought into the company.
1: Yeah, great question. I I think that I actually probably gave a little too much room initially, and partly because again I was trying to spread my wings and do all these exciting things. Figure out you know what I was going to do. People need support, but they also do need a little bit of accountability. So then we ended up doing what John Maxwell does, meeting monthly as like a really just regular check in on both ways, support and accountability, and that was a nice rhythm for us. So I don't know if you know John Maxwell, leadership guru. Yeah, yeah not that many people have done. This. So, humbly speaking, you know, Gino Wickman, the author of Traction and EOS, if you're familiar with him, John Maxwell, obviously Jeff Bezos, Ray Dalio, one of the most famous investors. It took him like 35 years, I think, and he had to hand it off to two CEOs. Yeah, it's not easy to do to really develop somebody. And it would be scarier if you actually handed it off to somebody outside the company. We'd already been working together, you know, right from this person was one of our interns, you know, a doctor of physical therapy intern. And then they came on as a physical therapist, then became a manager, and then director of operations. And so we were in the trenches together for many years. And my analogy with partnerships uh, is that you really have to date before you get married, because once you become an equity partner with somebody, that is like marriage. And unfortunately, if it doesn't work, it's going to be like a divorce, it's going to be painful and expensive. The only one that's going to win is going to be the attorneys.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing that uh, we saw recently was uh, having like an arbitration agreement that you're going to do this in arbitration without lawyers. And that's, I think it's one thing we got from recently talking to somebody about that is having like preset standards of how you're going to handle disagreements or, or, or breakups essentially.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great point. We had an uh arbitration and But we didn't have this without attorney's clause. And um, unfortunately, just FYI, once you get to arbitration, they're basically expecting some type of payment, right? And just offer all entrepreneurs listening and for you guys, turn your antenna up for age and sex, like, you know, sort of like the common opportunities where somebody could claim like age discrimination or sex discrimination or harassment or something like that. All those things, because if you go to arbitration, it's almost assumed that the The owner of the company, if it's an employee situation, is going to pay some money. So, FYI, we thought we were really doing a genius thing having this arbitration thing, but um, it limited from from maybe going to court, which it doesn't solve every problem.
0: Is my point? Okay, yeah. <laughs> stuff we stuff we learn on podcasts. And like I said, I, I love podcasts as a well, whole because, like I said, you you you've dealt with certain things that, like you said, it's one of those things where so you, you hear things and you always like, ah, it's a good good note. <laughs> that's awesome man. yeah and, and you and i can talk
1: more about that for sure i'll give you a couple of specifics gotcha
0: no I, I think it's uh it's and this is where like i think hiring internally and it's good that you have that person inside that you can trust that was already doing the thing is kind of just handing them more responsibility and they already understand where the business is going so it's easy to pass the reins to that person directly because they've already been they've already been working next to you for so long and they understand things that you're gonna you think they already understand how you're gonna operate and a decision you would make based off of that experience of working with you.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. It is easier. However, when somebody is in the driver's seat, you it is totally different. So you just don't know how they're going to go and you know, just sort of speaking in extremes, I would recommend maintaining a majority ownership, right? You know, so we really did, you know, minority partnership where, you know, you're still the, the majority owner, right? And you still have the ultimate decision-making power and control.
0: Did you do that with all your partners? Because I remember reading your bio, you have like five different partners as far as uh, doctor partners that help operate each location. Are they have minority ownership as well when they took over that that por- that portion of the business?
1: Yeah. So, so my wife and I were partners in the business and then we took on three physical therapists, doctors of physical therapy as partners, and they weren't necessarily owners of every location. That's almost like a franchise model. Some people do yeah. that. They make like every new company, like a new entity, right? It's almost like real estate. You guys might do that. Um, You know, set up a new LLC for a certain property or whatever and have like an umbrella, you know, holding company or something. But no, we we brought them on into the overall pie of things so that everybody would be incentivized to grow the entire organization. Gotcha.
2: Well, we recently saw that. I think it's Daniel sent me a quick video, and the gentleman was talking about he has a pretty large size business. I think it's a real estate company. Yeah, he, he gave everybody in the organization from the people working in the office, everybody a small percentage of all the deals. Um, so that way, as we grow and we get better and more efficient, we're all reaping the rewards. And I think that's that business model is genius.
1: Yeah. You know, there's someone that was just in my clubhouse room uh, this week, Doug. I remember his last name. I think it's McCarty. And he's done that twice now. He's had an eight figure and a nine figure exit at, in real estate. And he used what's called an ESOP, ESOP. So yeah, definitely some people have done that and mastered that. And I would definitely consider that for sure. And yeah, I mean, I've done it in a slightly different way. We had an LLC and people came on as partners. But I guess the point is, I do think that creating extra layers of incentive and win with your team is really valuable and underutilized and you know, totally worth considering.
2: Yeah. So we have a, a business model in real estate where we do the training, people go out and find deals. And then we, when they bring the deals back, we look at like what kind of incentives will keep those people bringing us more deals, whether it's on the ledger side, right? So you have somebody with private capital parked in an IRA doing 3% or 4% and we're like, man, we could take that money and just move it to a different account and get you 10% without any activity at all, right? So we're always looking for those money partners. So everybody plays a role in the organization and depending on what they bring to the table and so then we figure out how we can either, um, add them onto the marketing department or how do, how do we get these people paid? Like, how do we reward them for doing the activities that benefit all of us? And yeah, we have a solid core team. Uh, I would say there's a, at least sub 20 people that are working on behalf of the company with the company. And they're not even on payroll. These people are all on commission and they're all doing the things that would make the company grow together because we're all like, we just locked arms together, we have a bigger vision. And uh, nobody is really like saying like, hey, you know, uh, what's in it for me? We're just all, we have our head down, we're all working, we're all pulling in the same direction. Um, And I've never seen anything like it for something to come together like that organically. So we're pretty excited about what we're putting together on our side.
1: I love that. That's so impressive. And how did you guys, uh, you know, get to this point it sounds like you have an incredible culture what what asset class is there an asset class you're specializing in or focusing on
2: so it's just software and real estate right now and like i said the only reason there's a software company is so that could uh kind of it's the, acts as the glue for the real estate mastermind so people find it because they think they need a piece of software maybe they're already interested in land is what we specialize in so people subscribe to the software so that they're kind of like uh, in the circle with us and being able to learn from us and network with us and you know like I said, it's kind of provide value both ways. Maybe they need help with lead generation. Maybe they need help with negotiations. Maybe they need funding. So again, it's just like a, like a, that's why it's called hive mind. It's like a, like it almost like an organism, right? It behaves like an organism where everybody has something to contribute. And then also everybody needs help with something as well. So like I said, it is pretty organic the way that it's developed out. Yeah. There wasn't really no structure. Like we didn't say, Hey this guy is going to be the master of marketing. So let's put him in the marketing department. Like I said, everybody's kind of doing what they're really, really good at or interested in. And then we're all contributing to kind of to the overall big picture.
1: I love that name. That's a great name. I can really visualize that now. It's like a beehive with you guys all working together synergistically. That's beautiful.
2: Dream come true, man. Like from the branding, the name of the company, all the way to the way that it's behaving. It's like, it's work, it's functioning the way that it's designed. Sometimes I feel like uh, Dr. Frankenstein, like it's alive. Like it actually worked. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, where did you guys learn your lessons though, to put this together? Because right. You don't just accidentally create this perfect model and culture
2: the first time. I think through a lot of failure, I grew up in construction, right. And I, I was like kind of that guy that I had a car wash a couple months. And then next thing you know, I had a construction business and like, I'm trying to invest I, I bought a commercial property and opened up a car dealership. Like, uh, I was just anything that would work. So I think just having so many L's of, of, from trying to build community culture network with people have sales people in place and management and uh, um, you just you fell enough time so you figure out how to do it right and I, I think this time like i said it's completely organic the way that it worked itself out uh, just from having knowing what to avoid and um, what helps people and what attracts people and then kind of what pushes people away as well so it's the perfect synergy between just a daily experience and then also piecing this together and then we read a lot of the books too you know like traction and the one thing and so, we kind of try to stay in front of like business culture to see what's happening and what's working for other people. I think it's exciting. And then, like you just, we're like, we're every bit of like scientists, like, we just keep running experiments and 99% Literally. fail. And then you have that one that just seems to be a hit. And then we keep that. And then somebody else comes into the machine and they teach us something we didn't know 90 days ago. We immediately delete the. Inefficient way of doing it, and adapt to the new way of doing it, like immediately without even thinking about it, just a quick pivot.
1: Totally, I totally relate to that. Again, as a you know science-trained person with my bachelor's in exercise science, and my doctorate in physical therapy, you know, did a lot of you know we had to do a lot of scientific writing, you know, through our process and training, and of course read research articles as far as providing evidence-based care. So that fifth-grade science, you know, project that, and you know scientific method that we all learned in elementary school. I love that both for, you know, operating your business and for marketing planning, right? Just really having assumptions and uh, an hypothesis and then, you know, running the test and seeing what's working and then making adjustments.
2: I love it. You know, I grew up, I got my first bodybuilding magazine when I was 12 years old. My uncle came home and flex magazine and Arnold on the cover like this. And I said, what the heck did that guy do? um so i just started reading and i started getting real real like obsessed with just protein synthesis and like what hurts the body what helps it and what what makes things break down and when you are broken down how do you repair in a short amount of time and uh, i researched a lot about the the not so good ways to do it right like steroids and then like also the, the correct way to do it like you know just eating enough protein and fat kind of balancing that with carbohydrate so i went down that rabbit hole but same thing it's like 40 years or you know now 30 years of experimentation right? Just in bodybuilding and science and medicine. And again, like having, putting your body through the ringer and then try to bring yourself back from the dead <laughs> without hurting yourself. Uh, it's all yet. It is all, all in the name of science. I feel like even in the software world and the real estate world, we're constantly running new campaigns and split testing. And like you said, that scientific method, it goes with you for the rest of your life and your business career. So I, I love on your side. How you found that synergy and and you apply it to business? Very rare does anybody do that.
1: You know, all the longevity research is really just popping with Peter Atia and and all these you know, and all these guys. You know, even Tony Robbins jumped in and like started the business in that, and even Grant Cardone just partnered with a guy uh, to get into the game. But Ray Dalio, I mentioned in our pre-talk, mm-hmm. you know, had the largest venture company, uh, venture capital company in the world. He really got into. Uh, you know, computers and AI like you know, years ago and um, brought that in. So there's a few people that are just leaders, thought leaders that kind of combine some of these uh, best practices.
2: Yeah, I've been following a lot of those guys too. I actually got Life Force from uh, Tony Robbins just recently and I went down the rabbit hole of peptides. So I'm looking a lot at uh, like the, 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 some of the things they recommended like stem cells and all that. I, I think uh, ethically sourced stem cells anyway. I like that Tony kind of mentioned that. Um, but also, just just peptides in general, some of the new stuff that's coming out, like um uh, they can active actively fix and correct things in the body without having to turn to uh, chemical medicine, petroleum-based medicines. I love the idea that you can put a uh, amino acid into your body and it stimulates a thymus gland to boost up your immune system. you know, so now I'm down a whole new rabbit hole. But again, all the while, trying to run my body just as hot as I could run it, but keep from damaging things and being conscientious of, of anti-aging, controlling sugar, you know, having enough of the correct types, correct types of cholesterol, blood work, like we're really doing
0: the whole nine right now, Daniel, and myself. No, that
1: wow! And Daniel, your Anthony's got you pulled in on all this health stuff as well.
0: He's 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 driving me down a lot of this stuff, and like I'm I'm starting to get curious about it, but a lot I'm very very new to it, hundred percent. But it's one of those things where like it's, I mean, us as entrepreneurs, we take on a lot heavier burden than a lot of other people. So you have to be uh, conscientious of your mind, spirit, body altogether because I feel like sure, we, we're, we're, uh, entrepreneurs are guns for punishment in their own way. Definitely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I've, I've been doing a, I've been doing a lot of blood work lately. Like I've probably done like
2: four blood tests in the last 20 years, but just now ever since reading life force, I'm like, I think I've had four blood tests this year, right? Just like every three months. So it's interesting to watch the way things change like from your inflammation and all that other stuff based on your exercise and your diet so yeah i've just been really really trying to dial it in right now
1: yeah me too i just had an work taken yeah two or three times in the last six months which is way more uh, than i've ever had and even some extra markers right it's crazy for men i would totally recommend for any men listening to get your baseline testosterone because that's not going to be included on a standard panel and then you won't really know as you get old, older, right? I'm 51 now, what your baseline was. So so do that, know that, measure that. That's
2: great advice. Yeah, man. So that that's something that I've been, actually, I'm getting my parents involved. I got my wife involved, right? To, to check like your T levels, estrogen levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been looking like at A1C, right? To see what's going on with inflammation on in the body. We've been starting to look at more and more uh, markers. So if you look at cholesterol even right like it's just ldl versus hdl and nothing else but if you look at your inflammatory markers that kind of tells you a little bit more than just having you know a, a low hdl and high ldl so I, i'm really getting down to fine-tuning this stuff where i feel like if, if you're not looking at your blood and fine-tuning you're you're probably in big trouble already based on everything that we're eating and being exposed to and then you know carrying around little radiation devices um, if you're not thinking about what's happening inside of your blood, I think you're, you're off to a terrible start already, whether you know it or not. So that's kind of like, I'm just telling everybody I know that way in case 20 years from now, I see some of my friends I went to high school with now are getting very sick and starting to pass away. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I wish somebody had told them what I know 20 years ago. So I feel like the same way that I feel like financial responsibility to teach people about real estate, um. Uh, I feel the same thing about like uh, you know your your health responsibility. Like we should share this information more than we're when than we're currently doing it right now. We should be shouting it from the mountain tops.
1: Totally. That's why I'm so passionate about you know, you know my cause of really again helping entrepreneurs stay healthy, because you're right. The entrepreneurs, just like you said, they do. We tend to really overdo it and run in the red for extreme amounts of time, and um, it's just not sustainable. Right? You will burn out. And there is another person that um, it's good to hear, there's starting to be more happening. There's a man named Richard C. Wilson who has the biggest family office in the United States. Family offices are kind of like financial planners for the ultra wealthy. And, um, you know, probably like a single line that just sort of says it all, right? A person with their health has a million goals. A person without their health has one goal, right? And and Richard Wilson at his conferences, he, he asked people in the room, right, who spent you know, the conference might have been 50,000 hours. Who spent uh, 50,000 hours this year on personal development? Who spent 50,000 or more on their health this year? And
2: nobody raises their hand, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, I like what we're going with like Peter and Tia, these guys are, are, are uh, you know, like, what was it? What's the gentleman's name from the X, uh, the X Project or what is it? Where they're, he's constantly doing now these new like tests or X Prize. Uh, they're starting to look more into like medicine and AI. So now you can start to run these models, right? Because right now it's all guesswork, right? You, you take a look at all of the blood work and then you have a pretty good idea of what should happen in this person's life. But if you run an AI model against it, it could say, Hey, look, you know, you're 20 years early for X and then you can make these really, really fine adjustments based on what, what's going to be happening inside of your body 20 or 30 years from now. So I think medicine's heading to a really interesting place.
1: Yeah, that's not David Sinclair. He's a big longevity guy. He's at Harvard. But that's
2: not him at yeah, that. I'm familiar with Sinclair. Yeah, his work with metformin and the, uh, NMN. Uh, I actually have okay. some. Yeah, I have some uh, NAD plus. Like it's a, a prescription grade. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you know, connecting to AI and everything, and again, uh, Ray, me, in if I'm off topic, where you guys want to be or what you want to focus on, but you know, Elon Musk's company Neuralink. Are you guys familiar with that?
2: Yeah, I've been watching that for a while now. That's getting scary good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this first, you know, uses are going to be brain injury, spinal cord injury, vision loss, hearing loss, right? So for people that don't know, it's like in Elon's work, it's going to be like putting a Fitbit with two leans in your brain. So it'll be a brain-computer interface. So it'll be the first time now there'll be equal flow. Right now in our cell phones, we get very fast outflow, right? We can get messy, you know, information quickly but we're you know very slow of course with our thumbs and fingers typing data in so now when that's equal it's going to be a whole new level and of course it's going to have just like the internet right these amazing possibilities of fixing spinal cord injuries um but also of course you know we do have to be careful with uh, you know even Elon thinks we have to like regulate ai a little bit more so we don't turn into like terminator scenarios <laughs> you know we kind of use the the joke of like how do we eliminate spam email and the computers might be well the simplest answer is just like eliminating humans, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what, I always talk about how like if if the machine, right, deems you a bad person that like maybe shouldn't exist anymore, and, like it it'll go to push button status where like they'll just delete you, right? Like if you're like a <laughs> yeah, serial killer or something, the machine could just go boop and that guy doesn't exist anymore. So we're moving into some interesting times, and that's something that I think about a lot too. I love Elon, and I've been watching a lot of his companies for a while. But I'm, I'm a bit of a futurist myself, and I predicted that the 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 cyborg between becoming a human and a cyborg, the way to make it acceptable into society, right? So that we, the the masses will adopt it, is by first fixing broken people, right? And that's the first thing they're talking about is uh right yeah. getting somebody to walk, getting somebody to see that's never had vision before. Do you know that, Daniel? no i've never that. somebody that has never seen in their life will have vision now
0: that's insane
2: yeah so i knew that w- it was going to become easy to adopt into the masses because it was going to be you know for uh, uh the greater good and so that's how people were going to be okay with getting like a robotic arm or, a, or a, a chip implant because like it's 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 helping everybody else <laughs> i kind of feel like elon already installed it on himself because he's learning at a rate of acceleration that just doesn't make sense like you can't create that many brand new concepts for the rest of your life. Can you?
1: Yeah. It's amazing what he does. Um, yeah. And you're, you're right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, how many companies, is he CEO of Twitter still? Like how many companies is he CEO of now? I think he did hand that off.
2: So he, she's controlling Twitter for one and personally handling his own account, he's running the boring company, right? They're drilling all these tunnels under yeah. LA, Vegas, all the way to New York. Oh, uh, he's doing the, uh, the robots. So you're going to have Tesla. So you have the cars and you're going to have like the home housekeeper robots for really, really cheap. Yeah. So that's going to get adopted quickly. Um, uh, Neuralink, um, he, he's just not stopping. I don't think he's going to stop there either. So space, now space,
1: SpaceX, so he yeah. gets SpaceX,
2: well, now where he's going is for one, he's going to colonize Mars, right? That's the point of the, the biggest rocket he's building. Now He needs to get all that debris in yeah. space so they can start moving it over there, uh, without having to uh, re-enter the atmosphere a bunch of times. Um, and then right now he's building the X app, right? So he's going to switch Twitter into the app that does everything, which is going to completely eliminate the need for all other payment systems, all other social media apps, um, all the technology that we're already addicted to, right? As a society, uh, he's just going to make one app to fix all of it to so where you don't have to log into anything else, just his app. And and you're like, well, how can he really do that? But if you think about it, he's already done it at scale, right? He's already the world's most powerful military with all the, the satellites that are uh, swarming the earth. He has the, on. he beat the, the, all the solar companies, all the car companies, like he's already taking over everything. Wow.
1: And you know, you make a great point about how he's introducing it because he plans to replicate the Lasix model where it's just going to be like three to $5,000 out of pocket. And it'll be a computer that'll drill the hole in our skull and then and also just put the lead into our brain because the brain has very delicate, you know, vasculature and you want to miss the blood vessels. So these, these leans would be very, you know, fine, very like, you know, microscopically smaller than hairs, but, um, but yeah, so for three to $5,000, I mean, sign me up, man. I, I would definitely go for it, especially if I
2: had a health problem. Right. You know, <laughs> I, I would, I've had some friends freak out. They're like, you would get it. And I'm like, I kind of want to say no, but it's like, yeah. Like, Hey, you have this, you know, stage eight cancer and you're about to go like in 30 days or we just put this thing and it reprograms that gene sequence and you don't have to die anymore. Like, dang, you know, that, those are my options. Right. So yeah, we're leaning into a very, very interesting place. And, and maybe I'm just overly optimistic, but I think I'm, I'm thinking the AI is going to be like the, uh, that scenario where we all live in like in, in peace, because it would, it would only make sense. I don't know what the benefit would be to a machine to just destroy human life for no reason. It doesn't, It kind of doesn't seem like what was built with like that programming. It's not in us as humans, so I don't know that how the machine would adopt it. You know, even us, if it's a a bug in our house, we try to throw it out before we smash it. Right. And like, I kind of feel like that sympathy with AI that they're not going (laughs) to just want to press the button and get rid of us for no reason. Like we're kind of cute if you think about it.
1: It depends how scary that bug is. I know my, my kids, man, if it's a spider, that thing is history, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if it's being aggressive like a bee that's like a wasp point crazy in the kitchen, yeah. it is what
2: it is, but like I think maybe the majority of humans aren't like that, right? Where we're uh we need to be extinguished. <laughs> so yeah, man, I kinda like where it's headed. I think it's exciting. Like I said, I think it's gonna help with everything, not only like people are using chat GPT in business but I feel like now we're starting, we're going to start to be able to implement things like that for health. So I'm really excited for what's around the corner.
1: Yeah. just this week, more and more people have talked to me about, uh, you know, AI and ChatGPT and all the other, you know, variations and how they're integrating with their business. Uh, somebody two weeks ago, very bright guy, an academic man who helps, uh, professionals merge into like a online, um, you know, an online store. And um, he's using B I D Y O, video.ai. He gives it a long and it just slices it up into shorts for him. He said he's been using it for
0: a little while now. So I sent that to Anthony like last week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and this is where, like, I, I'm, I, I think we both try and keep our finger on the pulse because I think this is one of the things where, like, companies, that they don't adapt, they die. And I think I think totally better.
1: It's that scientific method. Right, you've got to constantly be paying attention, and right? the market conditions tie into that. Yeah, if you're not improving, you will die very fast.
0: So it's it's one of those things where like I try and keep I try and keep my 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 ear to the ear to the ground just to hear if anything comes up because I think anything that gives you the upper hand, even like I, I struggle with copy, and I use copy on on a new website that we just created. <laughs> I cheated a little bit, but it's one of those things where like it, it gives you the upper hand to. Where you might be stuck on being create, be being creative, and it can help solve that problem instantly. Where it, so it helps your creativity problem. So I think there's a lot of benefits that come with it, but it's kind of scary what it knows.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I was playing with ChatGPT with my longer version of my bio, and it, it was amazing how it was really just improving things for
0: me. So, like one things that I've liked about AI is that I know I have very selective information this is where something when you're a doctor you have very information that a lot of people have you can ask it tough questions and it knows the answer to because i I have i have very like specific information that i've learned through different things and i've asked it that he knows the answer and i'm like i don't know how it knows this because i've learned i I, i've acquired this information through various and tons of resources from different people and it's not readily out there and there's not like there's videos and stuff about it but ChatGPT knows about it and like you have to know what to ask it for it to know what to respond. So it's not like you can ask what did Daniel ask that he knows.
1: <laughs> well, here's an opportunity for you guys. I, you know, somebody last night is using the paid version of ChatGPT, which I'm going to try. It sounds like it makes sense for $20, I guess the fourth, fourth version. But, you know, the, the data is only up to 2021, like new data is not getting entered. So if there's not a solution for that, that's going to be a problem
0: soon. Yeah, and like I said, I think I think the biggest thing with AI is that like, you don't know what you don't know, so you don't know what questions to ask, you don't know the information to ask if you don't even know what's even look for. So I think the in the beginning conversation of all of this is know what questions to ask that we can get the right information, even if it comes from AI. That way, you at least know what direction you want to go to. Because I think if you don't know what to ask, you're
2: you're kind of stuck. <laughs> Maybe we need to yes. US- <laughs> pt to write a bio about us and say that we're the biggest and best land investors on the planet and then just start to release a bunch of content about that that way when somebody asked chat jbt like who could i learn land from it's me <laughs> teach it things that you wanted to say to other people i don't know can we do that can we manipulate it <laughs> I, if you start to produce a lot of content around you being the number one top guy, I think it would see that. They would see it out there.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it's just pulling data from the world, right, Anthony? Yeah, you're you're onto something there.
2: I don't know anything about it. I've never even logged into it or anything. Daniel's the one that's been messing with it, and uh, yeah, I just trust that he's he's crushing it on his side. Because you give us, you give any one of us a new concept or an idea that we're going to implement, and then we'll just straight rabbit hole for ten days straight until we become really good at it. <laughs> and then we, like I said, we unlock it best. immediately.
1: Yeah, that's so good. No, you definitely have to take ten minutes and just try it. Just you know, set it up and ask it a couple of questions. You're gonna love it. It's a, it's, it's outrageous.
2: That's awesome. Hey, if we, if we can kind of pivot a little bit here, uh, yeah, talk to me about your training and your program and how that works. What does somebody get? How what's the cost involved? Like, uh, how can somebody sign up with you? What are they going to get in return? And who is your target?
0: Sure. Who's that person that's stuck? Who's your avatar? Yeah, who's your avatar?
2: Yeah.
1: So for me right now, I'm spending my 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 focus is on helping other entrepreneurs. So um, I'm treating very little to none as a physical therapist, and I'm spending all my time helping entrepreneurs stay healthy. So I love to serve entrepreneurs who are feeling overwhelmed and overstressed, and you know maybe some of these health problems we talked about, and and might start to feel some burnout. And I especially love to help six-figure entrepreneurs that that want to get to seven figures. Only 4% of of companies get to that million-dollar mark, that seven-figure mark. So you know, I've been lucky enough to get there and um, love to help those people. And what I've learned is 90% of small business owners and entrepreneurs don't have a plan in place. And I was very fortunate to have a great mentor who taught me the traditional marketing business planning process. And as I started in 2018 helping more people, I realized that most entrepreneurs, right? only the, 4%, the 96% that don't have it, they also aren't going to sit down. and. If I said to you guys, hey guys, this is what you need to do a plan, can we spend 160 hours, 120 hours doing it? And you guys would look at me like I had three heads. So I was like, damn, the only way I can really start to help people is to boil that down. So I boiled it down into you know a fast and functional process, like two hours. And the only thing I added to that was a personal mission, so knowing somebody's... Cause, their reason, their why, you know, what their priorities are in their life. So they can make sure they identify that and look through that lens first, right? So they stay healthy, they don't get divorced, um, you know, they don't have a terrible relationship for their kids, all these things that if you don't do that first. And then we go through the company mission and then the, the vision for the entrepreneur and the companies. And this is fun work. There's nothing I like more and nothing entrepreneurs really like more when they start to the vision, the dreaming, what the end goal of the finished product looks like. And then we start to boil it down to a one-year plan. So who is their ideal client? Just like you guys just asked me. And then we toggle back and forth between strategy and objectives. So strategy, how you are going to do it? Objectives being, okay, 2023, I want to hit a million in revenue or I want to have you know, one new client each month, whatever the numbers are, one new land deal, one, uh, you know, one new property a week, whatever all the, the key metrics are. And then the last step before we jump to actions is critical success factors. What are the critical items that absolutely have to happen to be successful or what things if we don't tackle will fail? Um, and then you look through each one of those lenses and then and only that do you start to uh, you know, define your actions because that's one of the most common mistakes, jumping straight to actions, especially like really hard charging and sales driven entrepreneurs. They to go straight to action, but they're not standing on the mountaintop for a little bit, man. Because if you run down into the armies, the heart of their troops, right? You're gonna die, you're gonna lose. But you do have to, you know, do a little bit of strategic work every year. And then you have to weave this annual plan, which we're talking about, into, you know, a day, a week, and a month. But it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to spend six hours a day doing, you know, your strategic work. It could probably be less than 10% of your time. So that's what I just walk you through is like my jolt, uh, you know, fast and functional strategy, you know, process. And I do that with people. I refuse to help any entrepreneurs before I've looked into their heart and know what their North Star is, know what their vision is. So that's always step one. And um, and then I've got coaching options where I help people either, you know, one-on-one where we get together twice a month, um, you know, 99% of the time virtually. And, uh, you know, I've got some group coaching, some masterminds that we run over 12 weeks, probably going to convert that into like an ongoing uh, plan. And, um, you know, definitely for pricing, I don't know, we'll keep this evergreen, but, you know, I'm very focused on return on investment. So, you know, I want to make sure entrepreneurs are getting outrageous value. And they're getting a three to five X ROI on profit. Because a lot of times, consultants and marketing people, let's just say somebody was trying to sell me in my physical therapy company a laser. Let's just say it cost a thousand dollars, and you know national numbers of the physical therapy, the average patient is worth a thousand dollars. The profit margins are like ten percent, right? So if there was a hundred dollars profit on an average patient, somebody sold me a laser. Um, you know what people would say that laser company would say, well, your next patient, you you, you generate a thousand dollars, therefore you broke even. Anything beyond that's profit. But that's not true, right? You guys know enough about business that I'm going to be cash flow negative unless I get 10 people if the margins are the same because the 10% margins. So I need 10 average patients to get that $1,000 in profit to cover that laser. So um, yeah, very focused on making sure that there's cash flow profit-based you know, return for people
2: yeah. It's amazing, man. Yeah. I love it. Like I said, if I'm kind of, I am that ready fire aim guy. So yeah. I, it's yeah. That Having mentors and coaches in place that can kind of tell you like, Hey, maybe you should at least look at these five items before you fire aim. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 That's cool, man. I, I really love it. Um, so is it like modules or is this more like one-on-one coaching, like on zoom or do they watch these 20 videos to kind of outline what they're, what they're going to be doing?
1: Yeah. I probably need to establish, I've got a PDF on this, you know, jolt process, which I'll share with everyone. Um, everyone can access that at DenaliConsultingTeam.com forward slash strategy, and um, you know that's to see this framework. But I should probably put it into videos to help people as an extra layer. But for anyone who's you know willing to put the work in and brave enough to roll up their sleeves and just take their first cut of that, an email uh, me that I will absolutely you know, do a complimentary strategy call with you and, and help fill in the gaps and work through some things on, on your, your plan, your strategy. And, um, so yeah, the, the private coaching we're doing it, you know, virtually, I have one client who's 80, he had an insurance company, he just sold it. He's got a, a swim club and a day camp. And now he's done event planning. He's the only person I get together in person with, right. He has an adopted, uh, video conference. And that's fine. I met with him this morning. It was awesome. He's 15 minutes away. So it works. Um, but yeah, the power of virtual, but I do think, you know, I want to meet everybody that I work with and support. And, and I think kind of like Marcus Lamotis on The Profit, going to location and stepping into their business is really,
2: you know, can be a win-win and valuable. So I want to do more of that with more of the people I serve. Wow. You're going to fly out to their location and, and see how they run their operation?
1: Yeah, I think that'll be like a higher tier of offering, yeah. Have you guys ever watched Marcus DeMaris or The Prophet?
2: Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched TV in years, but I know those those shows where they show up and they kind of restructure it. Yeah. Uh, and I like yeah. It's smart. I would say uh, if you're going to do that, I would definitely t- have a cameraman in tote so you can capture all that content and then cut it up, like some of the stuff. We'll send you a video of, of a recent deal that we did. And uh, yeah.
1: Wow, I love that
2: had three cameramen on site and we got some amazing A plus videos out of it it looks like a it looks like a tv show is what it looks like that was
1: fun oh my gosh that's so good great idea i'm gonna check that out where can which show should i watch which deal is this called
0: for everybody here watching this we'll release it soon yeah. but okay the dr last knob gets a gets a gets a preview <laughs> okay i can't wait i love
2: it I said that as soon as this is over that's pretty cool yeah we're gonna do a big launch and uh so we, 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 had the camera people for one, like, it's like a professional uh, company though, to run, just to run your media, it's like 10 grand a month. Um, so we hired them to come out. Uh, we did a one day shoot of 350 acres that we we did a subdivide. So we broke it down into smaller ranchettes and then we sold those off live. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun day. So we'll send it to you just to kind of like document what we did that day. Yeah. I think you really enjoy it.
1: Oh man. I can't wait to see it. Nice, nice job. I love that. And thanks for the Yeah. Thanks for the idea. That's genius.
0: Yeah, and this is where like this is where our marketers' brain comes on is that we document everything just because one entertainment purposes, but it provides a concept that might be for uh, capital investors, it might be for uh, students. Like it works for all different sides of it, but main course is just entertainment. It's just entertainment. <laughs> no,
1: like, you're right. You're right. Even if you've got the best content, right? People need to be entertained as well. It can't be boring. Hundred percent.
0: Hundred percent. And that's I think that's the the driven revenue of all content. And even though with this, if you listen to this, this is for content being produced, it'll be split up and cut up on different platforms. And it will be posted multiple times over and over again for the next five to 10 years. It's evergreen. Like you said, you have an evergreen offered. And that's where it comes down to where like we, we value your time enough to reproduce and post this content over and over again.
1: Well, I appreciate yeah, you guys having me on and I love all that. So yeah. Uh, I know we've been all over the place, but it kind of, I guess, leads into your tech and uh, expertise. Yeah, tell me uh, where you want to guide me. I know I could go down any rabbit
0: hole, right, with you guys. I love it. What is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with?
1: You know, the top of mind thing kind of ties into what some of the things you mentioned earlier, like lead generation being a common problem. That's the problem that I hear the most. And I guess my quote on that topic is operations equals marketing because so often people just want like a simple answer to new clients, but if they haven't built the machine to be good enough to serve all those clients, they're not gonna last, they're not gonna stay with you. So really, if you build the best mousetrap, right, people are gonna rave about that, they're gonna tell other people, they're gonna refer people, and then you're gonna grow. But in the words of like one of my mentors, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, He's like, be better, not bigger. Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind.
2: I love that. That's freaking amazing. That's really good. Yeah. Don't worry about getting bigger. Just get better at what you're already doing.
0: Yeah. That's good, man. Well, we appreciate your time. I think we're at the end of the year, uh, man, this, I think we covered from A to Z a plethora of topics. Um, this, is a, this is a good conversation for sure. Uh, I think people got more than their money's worth on this one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, dude, I, I love to hear it. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you guys enough. And I love all that pioneering and innovative work you guys are doing in in real estate and tech and bringing it together with the software to
0: make it easy for people. I'm excited to check that out myself. Well, we're we're happy to help you. We'll make something something happen. But for everybody here, if you enjoyed this episode, please go check out Dr. Lance Nob's uh, DenaliConsultingTeam.com. Please go like, share, subscribe, do all the things you know how to do. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks. uh, thank you, Thank you for your time. Thanks, Anthony, for coming on and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for watching this YouTube video. We hope you found value. Please like, subscribe, and hit the bell to watch more videos just like this one.